Are you ready? I am fucking ready. Episode 14, baby. 14, right? Episode 14, I, I, baby. Yeah, let's do this, okay? Let's Three, fucking two, go. One. Boom. I think in one of the episodes, we should try to drink the whole thing one shot. Okay, Probably. Right now. No, 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 no. Probably you won't let our guests to speak anymore. Okay. <laughs> I'm not the whole thing, but <laughs> at least I went for almost the whole thing. Uh, that doesn't count, but still. Okay, fine. And, you know, one, we, we were supposed to buy shots. Like, you know how oh, you yeah. drink alcohol? Like, just like small shots, maybe espresso shot glasses, and then just try to pour in coffee in there and see how it goes. But yeah, this, I, I guess, is good for now. But we have the Salt Spring Coffee on today. This is brand new. You know, we were going for, what was the last? We wanted to get Starbucks, but suddenly we said, let's pick up this one. And we were skeptical in the beginning. Yeah. But what is your honest review? Honest review of Salt Spring Coffee, I would say, well, it, it's dark roast, right? Yeah. yeah, so yeah. You, know, you guys know. Anything, I'm, I'm anything dark roast would work. Yeah. yeah. This is pretty good. I'm, I'm feeling pretty zooted. We're running on like three hours of sleep. So I would <laughs> oh, say. Oh, yeah. For. Yeah. Three hours of sleep. This is pretty damn good. Yeah. So Salt Spring. Let's go. Um, <laughs> coffee aside. I did ask you guys in the last episode, please make sure every single time you guys are coming back, get your cup of coffee ready, all right? Because we have so many interesting things to talk about today. You got to be sharp. <laughs> and if you can't have coffee, tea, whatever you want, get it ready. It's going to be a sick episode. Before Farha talks about the beautiful guests we have on for today, for the past few days, we've been spending like all of our time in Unreal Engine 5. Farad's uh, been going crazy with Unreal Engine. I've been taking Windbush. What up, what up, course. And it's yeah. been amazing. Oh my God. Like such a huge difference when I enter Unreal Engine compared to other softwares. Yeah. It's been a great ride. It's been a great ride. I'm really excited to what we can create. Yeah. Especially with the Egypt thing that you're creating. That's, yeah. that's going to be fucking dope. I've been testing out the new procedural generation tools, the PCG. It's so freaking cool. I just... Gave it a bunch of Quixel assets with rocks. And it, if you guys are coming from like the Blender world, you would know it as geometry nodes. Essentially, it's the same thing. So I'm just scattering the whole world with like rocks. And I'm using Nanite. So like I can literally have millions of rocks. And I just have to move my PCG volume. And it just changes the shape and the orientation of these rocks. Like world building in Unreal Engine is so crazy. If you guys haven't checked out Procedural Generation, please go check it out. We're playing with it. There's going to be videos coming out about that. But enough on your engine talk. Let's get ready for today's episode. Uh, oh, the, the coffee's working, <laughs> by the way. As you can see, I'm super excited to talk about the guest. Farhad, why, you don't you, why, don't you, why, don't you, why don't you do it? Okay. You, you can take the honors of this. Okay, one. okay, let's do it. You cannot miss our guest in any social media platform. TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, you name it, she's there. She's been educating everybody mm -hmm. about XR AI, and everything emerging tech. Everything. She, she just passed 70,000 followers on Instagram. And if she goes missing for one day, everybody will freak out because they wouldn't know what AI tool they need to use. How the fuck would you know what to use? And besides doing all of this, she's a senior product designer. I don't know where she got the time to do all of this together. Our guest is no other than... Kim Alban, hey! Welcome to the show. <laughs> thank you, thank you so much for having me. That's a, it's hard to follow up after that intro. <laughs> <laughs> how? Okay, let's start with how are you today? Something simple. <laughs> <laughs> 
doing really well. I have probably not as much energy as you have, <laughs> as I just witnessed I wonder you why. have. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm pretty excited to be here and uh, super excited to get into talking about everything tech, everything creative tech. <laughs> I love that. Actually, first question before we get into tech, are you a coffee drinker? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, awesome. okay good. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, good. that's yeah. good. All right, yeah, we can, we can continue page. the podcast. Yeah. You said yeah. no. Yeah. We yeah. had to end it right. It was, it was like a hard cut. We had to just yeah. like end it no, right. No, no, right. no. I, I say, I often say that I was raised on the bean. But honestly, no. Oh. I started drinking like really heavy coffee probably when I was about 16 years old. Oh, wow. I, yeah. I mean, I would understand why. I, I, I drank coffee since I would say about the same age. I mean, I tried coffee, of course, when I was younger, but you only start really getting addicted to it when you feel the need for it, right? If you had exams and it was helping you. And you need to work, stay all night. Yeah, but I was yeah. going for like really cheap coffee though at the time. I was like going for like three in ones, like with all the sugar. It was probably <laughs> the sugar that was hyping yeah. you up rather than the caffeine. But you know, now we're going the proper route. You know what yes. I mean? Yep. <laughs> Although <laughs> I'm biased too. I only drink like black coffee. If I'm on vacation, then it has a splash of milk, uh, some sugar, that and mm -hmm. that's it. <laughs> okay, yeah, but yeah. for most, most, most of the time, I would say black coffee. We, we try to do the same thing because we're going like the intermittent fasting route. So up until like one, I would say PM. Like, yeah, yeah, one PM. There is no nothing beside black coffee. Actually, that's it. That's the yeah. whole thing that we drink. So the second or third round of coffee in the day, that's when we're gonna add the milk if you really want to go for like a latte. But still, try to go no sugar. Try yeah. to be healthy. Yeah, <laughs> try, try, try. At least try. Try to be healthy. Try our best. No, don't limit the amount of coffee, but limit the amount of sugar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's the whole Thank point. You. That's the whole point. Can we coat that, that put, put it, it on, on the board, board and just put <laughs> it here. Don't limit the coffee, limit the sugar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That should that should that should be a good motto on a coffee brand. Don't yes. limit the coffee, limit the sugar. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but then you're gonna miss out on all the people who are coming there to get the sugar. sugar. You know, yeah. 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 I mean you can talk about us being very aware of not going for the sugar, but so many people just go to like Starbucks to have that yeah. frappuccino and just like get that sugar rush, yes. right? So many people. So yeah. I, don't, I don't blame them. I yeah. used to be that. <laughs> I used to be that. Um, but before we turn this into a, a, a podcast just talking I, about coffee. I don't mind. I don't mind. I mean, <laughs> my, you know, the first time I had Turkish coffee, I was like, this is, this is like drinking from soil but there's so much energy there's so much flavor wow, yeah. and i love it like <laughs> wow yeah yeah 100 percent. you know you know what she's talking about right yeah, Turkish yeah, yeah. coffee because yeah, yeah so we're originally persian right and um like our dad used to stay in turkey for a long time so he'd bring turkish coffee we um, would visit him there and we yeah. would try in the cafe so so it's 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 really hits different but i don't know if i yes. can take it every day though yeah, I don't no. know if I can take it. Uh, yeah, no, not an everyday thing. Yeah. Well, said, you, guys, you guys are weak. You guys are weak, man. What yeah, are you I talking about? Come on. Please work on your tolerance. All right, work on your tolerance. Honestly, I don't, okay, what's your tolerance like? That's my problem. I do have a very high tolerance. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. That's that's good. I mean, it's it's good and bad. I, I my tolerance is actually quite very low. So one two cup, I'm good. I'm yeah. good for the day. Yeah. I drink the third one, I'm shaking. So it's it's a bit yeah. It's, it's a bit different with Farah's actually. I'm uh, yeah. My my tolerance has always been high for sugar and for caffeine. Like I can just have as much as I want, and I won't have any issues. But of course. Nowadays, since we're you know trying to optimize our sleep and everything, uh, we we have a rule. 
I don't know if you watch Andrew Huberman, like Farad's like obsessive with, uh, you know, le- learning about our bodies and everything from Andrew Huberman. So knowing that if you drink coffee past a certain time, which is like 3, 4 p.m., yeah, you yeah, won't yeah. have a good enough deep sleep. And so for that reason, we try to cut it off around 5, 6, like 4, 5, 6 p.m. around yeah. that time. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And um, I, I do believe with, I believe in like having enough, just a good amount of sleep, like deep, deep sleep. Mm-hmm. And in fact, that's something I focused on this year. I was like, I'm getting my eight hours this year for sure. Like I'm not neglecting that um, because... I do like to drink a lot of caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, I have a question since you brought that up. Mm-hmm. Um, you do a lot of things, right? Farhad has brought that up as well. You, you're not just creating loads of content, uh, mm-hmm. which is already a difficult thing to do, we understand. But you're also you know, doing many other things at the same time. How do you manage to have the eight hours sleep? Or are you, are you actually staying... Is it a goal or is, is it already achieved the eight hours sleep? I would say I've achieved it this year, starting this year, because last year I, I was not so good. I was definitely operating on like maybe five or four hours um, oh, of wow. sleep. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, it's, you, it's possible. <laughs> so, so for me, what like my question is always for hardworking people like yourself is, of course, the less sleep you have, the more you get done. But yeah. over a long period of time, that also affects your performance. What do, you, what, what do you think the balance is for someone who's trying to come up, right? Like, of course, the, the less time you sleep, again, you get more done, right? Yes. Isn't that like how people think about it, how probably you thought about it? So now when you get the eight hour, do you still manage to get the same amount? Are you more done? efficient? Like, like now you can do more in less amount of time? Yeah. Uh, I think my priorities shifted. Uh, mm. And so I want to be as efficient as I can be within the hours that I am awake because I know that lack of sleep will run me down. It will, it will affect your health. And it's just like, which one are you choosing? Are you choosing performance or are you choosing health? Um, and in the long run, health is going to keep you up and running regardless. So it's about focusing in on the tasks that you need to do when you need to do them. Um, and so, there are some things that I do like as soon as I wake up to try to make sure that when it's time to execute, I know what I'm going to do and what it's going to be about. I understand. So it's like better planning. So you yes. make sure in those hours that you're awake, you, you're going to get the same amount of work done as you would if you had less sleep. But now you're just more optimized, which is, which yes. is, which is great, what actually. everybody should be hoping to yeah. do. Yeah. Right? yeah. I think... One thing I, you posted a few days ago that made us very jealous that you visited, <laughs> I think, Microsoft Office okay. and tried the new Bing. Yeah. So, like, uh, yeah, how was it actually? Like, Tell us it, all about did, it. You get a one-on-one demo as well, right? They show you how it works. And I think yeah. it's very good that when something comes out, someone shows you how it works instead of you go on figuring out for <laughs> hours. Yeah, it was honestly, I was taken aback. Uh, It was a wonderful experience. So I got to go in beforehand, uh, before everything was like publicly announced. And it was like a demo for all creators to come in and get the updates firsthand, get give us a chance to ask as many questions as we want. Um, And it was really about showcasing all of the now released features and features to come. And it was it was really exciting. I mean, it's shifting what we think about Bing a lot. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> how, how many people use Bing and the way that we're going to use it. But the truth is that a lot of us are on 
Chrome and other uh, just other applications. So the way that AI is going to be fused in with with how we search and how search is just impacted by AI is is crazy. It's everything we've seen in sci-fi. So it's exciting to see like, you know, it's just happening. So, so are you telling me that I should go and uninstall my Google Chrome and then start using Microsoft Edge browser? and then being my default browser now? Is it time or no, still early? I would say as, as, as I usually say, just like play around with it. Play around with it, see what you could do with it because, and honestly, this is what I told uh, the people at, at Bing and Microsoft. Um, it would be great if I'm having a conversation with y'all and in the text chat that we're in, I could be like, oh, okay, yeah, we have plans at open table, reserve a table for two, like automatically while we're within chat. So I don't have to exit that conversation, go to another app and plan those things out. You know, it's, mm. it should be one process. 100%. 100%. And, and just for anybody who's watching who might not have a clear idea of what we're talking about, I'm just going to give a quick backstory because based on what uh, I believe Kim has seen and what we've seen online, not in person, that's online. why we're jealous, um, <laughs> Microsoft Edge is now essentially an AI-powered smart browser. And when you go to Bing, what essentially I believe it is now, it's, it's Google plus ChatGPT. It's not necessarily any of them. But the reason I say that is because it's intellectual, like GPT is, but it does searching for you. So you can ask it complex questions and then ask it to search um, you know, anything that you want. Like you mentioned, book a table at this restaurant. Are there probably like reservations I can take at this cinema? It's starting to do stuff like that. Essentially, the Siri that we all wanted but never had is now actually happening you know, in real life using AI. And... I got to play around with it a little bit. What I found really crazy was one, of course, being able to ask complex questions and it being able to answer those questions. The fact that the UI is so simplified is crazy to me because every other AI tool, not every other, okay, let me rephrase <laughs> that. Most of the AI tools out there are for AI nerds like us. So they have, like, for example, mid-journey, like style, SS, dash, V. It makes it complex for the average user to get into it whereas they made it uh, they dumbified it in a way that it's so easy to use that our grandmother or our mother can just get in there and be like oh i know how to use ai now i know how to work with ai because it's exactly what the google same thing, was yeah there's just one more thing i want to mention the fact that they also have dolly powering their image generation at the same time not having you go into a discord channel and all that it just makes the whole thing so much more available and accessible i want to get your thoughts on that that's why i guess we wanted to ask that question like is google chrome slowly going to get i would say affected and impacted by this because this is a huge shift right they have a huge advantage over here what do you think based on what you saw they're already impacted <laughs> they, they are immediately as soon as something like ChatGPT was launched and was launched for free and we saw the immediate signups to ChatGPT and how they beat so many records so quickly. It affected all of the way that we think about how we interact with the web, period, and what Google is doing right now. And right now, uh, Google is trying to get a lot of things together. I don't work for Google, so I, <laughs> I don't mind saying. Yeah. Uh, but it's in so many articles that Google, um, and I think actually some papers uh, were leaked about it 
Google internally and how they feel about just having no moat. Um, yeah, we saw and, We saw. I saw that yesterday. Actually, it's crazy. Yeah, exactly. They know they're aware. And a lot of other companies that haven't released AI products yet also feel that way, really, because ChatGPT launched in December. We're already in May and so many companies have released their own AI products and stuff. So uh, all this to say, like Google is trying to come out with something. Um, they are aware that they're behind. And I think right now it's just, um, I don't I don't know where they'll go, but I know when you and I search something, the first thing I see are like ads at the top. That's not what I want to <laughs> see, mm-hmm. you know? It, it's not, it's not what I'm used to anyway. And I've been on the internet for a very long time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that's safe to say. It's, it's crazy because if, like we've been talking about this as well, it's not even just the consideration of artificial intelligence. We had this chat with, uh, like between ourselves for a long time now that Google as perhaps the biggest search the monopoly engine of and, and, and such a huge part of everybody's lives the UI, the UX, all of these things have not really changed that much. They have not been optimized. Whereas you look at any other application, right? You look at Spotify. You see how every year they try to, you know, update themselves in a way that people get attracted to Spotify. Be it like, you know, the song, how they like summarize you all the, the songs things, you listen yeah. to within a year. They do all these cool little things. Whereas Google, with all the money they had, all the power they have, all the information and data they have, they literally own everybody's data. Yet they haven't really tried to innovate. They do a lot of crazy shit. I understand. Like I, I'm a big fan of Google Drive. Like I, I don't want to go anywhere else. I want to store my files there. But since they have so much power, I, my question was why they didn't innovate in all these different spaces. And now with AI coming in, it just like seems like I don't know. They have to definitely do something crazy here yeah. to be able to you know withstand all the pressure coming from outside. Yeah, I mean, at this point, we are in like full-fledged innovation mode, but you don't see that level of innovation unless you're within startups that have to move fast, that need that next round of of money, funding, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So you're asking like companies that usually, at, at this point, Google is huge. They don't really have to move fast unless something like this happens. Mm-hmm. Well, but I'm glad something like this usually happens once in a while to push all these big companies because if not, then Google would stay at its place. Now I think they are really threatened by Microsoft. Microsoft is moving really... Like, like what you mentioned, all these things are happening so fast, like Microsoft coming in, investing in, in OpenAI, and now they release ChatGPT4. It's, it, it's all happening very fast. It's, I believe, the fastest amount of growth we've ever had in human history... And I guess that's what people are even afraid of. And that's something we definitely want to touch on. Uh, We have a bunch of stuff that we're going to cover today. But I just want to take it back to Bing for a second. I Again, I used the uh, the UI and it was amazing for me compared to most of the other um, AI softwares that I've seen. There is also the compose section that I was fascinated by that essentially it, it, it has a tone section, a format, a length that allows you to while you're writing an email, for example, be able to search about the information you can input into that email with a casual tone or a serious tone. And again, you can do that with GPT, but now that this is a part of the website and it's as a sidebar, Mm -hmm. it just makes it so much more um, usable. And I want to know if you've tried that yourself. What did you think about it? Or do you think that's the strongest feature? I want to just know a little bit of your opinion about Bing in general. Yeah, I think... Bing chat 
in Edge, like it, within the actual application is pretty exciting because as I mentioned before, going, you know, going back and forth between apps is really annoying. No one really wants to mm. do that. You don't want to go, all right, I'm on our web page and then I'm going to open up ChatGPT or whatever on the side. Mm. Um, and that's something I, I noted too. So to have it already there docked and actually aware of the tab that you're on was mm. really exciting. And I, I even asked just to be safe. I was just like, does it actually know that I'm on this tab? You know, when I switch tabs, does it know I'm on this tab? And yeah, they, uh, the person that was demoing the um, the the walkthrough for me was like asking it questions like, oh, can you summarize this page for me? And it responding back. Um, so it's so, and then the most awesome thing that I had witnessed firsthand was, okay, I'm annoyed with how many tabs I have open. And she was just like, well, you can now ask, you soon ask chat um, to just group them for you and it will, you know, condense them. So, oh, oh wow. That's yeah. like the coolest thing ever. <laughs> okay, you know why yeah, he's yeah, so yeah. excited? If you go to his monitor, he has 43 tabs open in every single browser and there are three browsers open. He never looked at any of them and whenever I want to use his PC, he's like, don't close my tabs. <laughs> yeah. Don't close yeah. my tabs. So if you want to search something, search it in a new window. You know why? I'm like, I go on YouTube and I see like a new engine update, Blender update, yes. Spark AR update. And I'm like, okay, open, open, open. I don't have time to watch them right now. Keep them open. <laughs> I don't want to bookmark them because like my bookmarks are already huge. Yeah. So I keep them open for like a month, <laughs> right? Yeah. For a freaking month. And every time he wants to use my PC, I'm like, oh, oh, careful, don't close the tabs. Like I don't want to lose these. And what happens is at the end of that one month, <laughs> I tend to lose them somehow <laughs> and I never get them back and I never get to look at them. So... That's going to be an amazing feature. Yeah, it's a toxic habit we have, but it is a habit that we have all naturally. So it's like now, how can we work with it? I think that, all right, like dream state scenario, yes, grouping the tabs for me is wonderful, but can it do it so in a way that it stops eating at my RAM? Like that would be nice. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, so because, summarize it somewhere. Yeah. Because it's still grouped, but it's still affecting the amount of RAM that's being used. Mm -hmm. I think that's definitely going to happen. Like it's a no-brainer for them to work on that. Another thing I loved about Bing, and I'm just going to say, because I had this conversation with it, and I wrote here auto action. The reason why I say that is because, like, when you go to GPT, it doesn't necessarily do things for you. If you ask it to, you know, go and search this for me and open a new tab for me it doesn't i i don't know to my knowledge it doesn't really do that i'm talking about gpt of course there are alternatives that might do that but here i asked it to generate an image for me and then it asked me uh what do you want to generate and i said i have no idea can you just you know give a prompt and it actually did that for me so i actually didn't have to do anything it did open tabs and do the work yeah. so i'm just imagining once you connect that to voice and just make it a little smarter I can just sleep and do everything I need to do without touching anything ever. Exactly. You know, if it's just about browsing. So the future is bright. I'm, I'm, I don't think I would, like, I would never think I'm going to say this, but I genuinely believe Microsoft, you know, Edge and Bing are going to make a comeback and this comeback is going to be real. I, I thought I'm never going to say this, but apparently it's becoming a reality. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the future is bright. Like, and what you're saying about speech to AI is kind of like what we've all seen, like, oh, you know, that's kind of what we hoped for, for Siri, like Siri, do this, like Siri, do, do, do my laundry. I don't know, like book table, do something <laughs> for me, you know, like 
I, I, how far we are from that reality, I'm not too sure. And I'm not like do, physically do my laundry, but like automating tasks, I don't think we're like terribly far. Um, but it it is sort of, I think, what everyone is thinking about. The biggest question is, do we want one company to do that for everyone? That's, that's tricky because I think competition is always good. Do, having control over one company usually ends up in being, being at the mercy of that company right. for features, for development, for support, for everything, for our choices. Yeah. But when it comes to that now I have options, first of all, the companies will have to innovate to attract our attention. Mm -hmm. And you know, there is the, when innovation comes in, probably accessibility, the UX, UI, everything will be better. So yep. having monopoly is tricky in this business. Yeah. I would say, actually, I want to get your opinion before I say what I think. It's, it's hard because we've been the product for so long. And if you've ever gone to Have I Been Pwned, uh, I mean, ever, we all have. Like, it's basically a website that you go to see if your data has ever been breached uh, from your email. And you could see like where what company had a data breach, and we all have at this at this point, and so all of our information is everywhere, um, and it's really dangerous. That contributes to a lot of uh, you know uh, personality, sorry, like just your personal data impersonations, um, mm -hmm. sensitive data that we've given to companies for such a long time. <laughs> I don't. It's hard to answer that in a way, and this is why I think we need like regulations. I agree with you, and I think that's partially, I, I wouldn't even say it's anybody's fault to begin with because we were not even aware. If you guys yeah. remember, like the beginning of social media, media. tick, accept terms and conditions. Yeah. Okay, let's go, I'm in, upload take photos, a, sure. Yeah. Take a quiz on like what personality type I am. Here, have it, take a quiz, yeah, you know, get to know have me. all my information. What do yeah. you want, fingerprints? There you there go, face yeah. ID, you have it. Everything. I was lit. And the, the reason why this is not anybody's fault is because I was watching this podcast between Lex Friedman and Chamath. And there was this specific part because Chamath is, a, I believe, senior executive of Facebook previously. Yeah, yeah, long ago. And he was talking about the days where Facebook was becoming the social network like that everybody knows it, you know, today. Like the, the, the biggest one at the time. And so what was happening, he said... We literally just came up with the idea of people you may know. And people you may know was us getting essentially all of your data and just look at, okay, these are your friends. And then just with simple math, he literally said this. I thought it was complex. He said, no, simple math, bunch of tables. We just figured out, okay, maybe because this guy knows this guy and you know this guy, we'll just refer you to this guy. And by doing that, of course, that was like the first wave of you giving out all of your information. And I remember precisely at the time, Nobody gave a shit about privacy because no one even knew where this is going to go. Our dad, first time he got on Facebook, he was like, oh my God, I just found like my university friend. Not knowing that all of your data was read <laughs> to find your friend. And now everybody wants to avoid it. Like Everyone wants to say, no, don't read Too late, I, I would say. Yes, great. So I hate it. Like, I... <laughs> I now hate it because, yeah, if, if you've been on the Internet and now more people are on the Internet ever since they were children, um, you, have, you have random connections. And this is like the other conversation of just like your digital life is so connected. Do you really did you really want that? Um, did you really want to be reminded of that manager that maybe you didn't like years ago and now it's in the people yeah. you may know? Like, why, why? I, I've never even met you online. Why do I know you? Like, you know, it's so annoying. I hate that. <laughs> I, I agree with you. But the thing is, you got to be honest. At the time that it happened, like many years ago, 
people were excited about it because nothing like that has ever happened before where you just go on a website and suddenly you get to see all the people that you completely forgot about. Some you hate, some you love, but it was just a concept of how is this even fucking possible? Absolutely. Now, it's yeah. the easiest thing ever. Just yeah. go on TikTok. You probably find your aunt there <laughs> dancing or something. But yeah. I'm just saying like it was it was not ever intentional to have the, the data be just, you know, everywhere. But of course, now with so many people in the field, there's been data breaches, the wrong, you know, violent use of people's data and privacy. And that's like a whole conversation but, that we can have. But I have yeah. a, like I have a question here is data the bigger problem the data privacy and or the ai itself you know la- like two days ago white house called all the executives sam altman from OpenAI, satya from microsoft ceo of google to just talk about the risk and i think this is this comes from the letter that they signed it i think a few months ago elon musk apple co-founder mm-hmm. yeah. that you know they should put a halt on this ai development which i think too late which i, I think doesn't work, doesn't work because anymore if they do probably china or other countries yeah. will still continue developing it so there's no putting a stop to that but yeah, yeah. but but I, I was thinking like what do you think about all this like when government comes in and usually when i watch when government comes in a bunch of people who are more than 70 years old talking about these technologies <laughs> and it's funny like when they you know took tiktok ceo to court and asking question about <laughs> wi-fi and modern router <laughs> so i'm that like how so can bad. they that was yeah, so that bad was, like they should have consultants to talk about before going yeah. to the stand. You know? So, so I'm thinking, what do you think about all, like like the meeting that happened at White House about like this AI development, and, and do you see a risk? Because we we all see the potential for sure, like hundred percent, and we love it, and we are optimistic about it. But there are certain risks, and what do you think about those risks? Yeah, I think there are definite risks. And to your to your question first, like what's what is really the issue? Is it um, is it AI or is it data? It is it is both, but it's always been data first, and I think with a lot of the complications that or unwanting areas that we we don't want, like with data and the amount of data that we've shared, that's what I would call where we're at right now, like technical and UX debt. Um, We know that these problems have come about, we should be responsible to clean them up. And um, these things happen sometimes as an afterthought, when you're building products, you're building fast, and you're breaking things, it's a common like saying, but with the White House coming in in uh, in all of this, I think that there does need to be regulations because right now ChatGPT is banned in New York, at least from my from my last recalling within the public system, uh, public education really? system. Yeah, like kids are not allowed to Ooh. use ChatGPT. How does that How does that work though? Like, like at libraries and high that, school? That's the real question. That's the real question because I know when and when like Ebom's World was banned when I was a kid, I found a way to get to it. So yeah, yeah. that's the thing. (laughs) If you're a student, you'll find a way. There's no way you're going to stop you. And that's why the regulation does need to come in because AI is important. AI is here, but like, how can we bring people up to speed? How can we bring up systems up to speed so that they can co-work with it? They can teach with it. They can, um, because kids will use it and anyone where you put a barrier in front of will find a way around um just like paywalls <laughs> like you find, you find a way <laughs> so it, where there's a will there's a way so it, it does need to be acknowledged uh we do need to have systems in place for like educational systems to catch up because schools for example they're historically really slow at catching up to new technology integrating them and then offering it as a new major i mean (laughs) 
when I was oh in school. Oh my god! Don't no, please don't, <laughs> don't even don't go there. Don't. I don't think schools now even teach social media or AR. Like we don't even need to talk about AI. That's exactly what I was going to uh, say. I I would I would I would not even want to get into that conversation because like they're so like if they were outdated prior to AI, right. I don't even know what they are right now. So like 2023. But in saying that, you admit that they're behind and that they do need some type of program to catch them up. This is going at a record speed that we have never seen before. Mm -hmm. And so for it to be automatically, like immediately banned in certain states is, is not a real solution. Um, and I do, um, I do empathize with them because I'm a, I'm a New York City school kid and we had like 30, 40 kids to one teacher. <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> they, need, they need all the help that they can get by all these kids that are going to say, I know more than you, you know, I'm just going to ask ChatGPT to, you know, I'm going to have oh ChatGPT to write my essay. That it's, no, I think how this is going to like evolve and how it should evolve, in my opinion, in my humble, humble opinion, opinion, as a professional, <laughs> I, I believe they should embrace these technologies yes. as, as, as education systems. So if nowadays you can write an essay with ChatGPT, don't ban it. Ask people to write the best essay with ChatGPT and come up with the best answers because what is eventually going to happen is these kids are going to grow up and they need to use ChatGPT. Yeah. If they've been using it for two years now within the university to create the best outputs, when they go into the field and actually work, now they know how to use it and optimize it rather than, oh, like I had to fucking use it illegally in school, but I can still use it. Like why avoid it? Right. And why just turn a blind eye where you can actually use it? That's why for me, when I saw the, the White House news, yes, it should happen. But is it actually happening in the right way? Are they actually right. going to take the right actions? What do you think the regulations, since you are the one who is updated with everything AI, what do you think the regulations should be? Oh man, it's it's hard. If you were at, uh, I'm gonna say, this. if you were in the White House, yeah, vote Kim Kim 2024, running for <laughs> running for the campaign. Let's go. Oh boy, I mean, right now, from what I recall this morning, I think that um, the White House really covered like responsible use of AI, ethical practices. I think those are all really really important um, policies to mitigate risks and opportunities. I think there was briefly talked about a blueprint. Um, of rights of AI within just the White House discussion, if I'm recalling correctly. But I think that we all need to be having these conversations like all together, because here's the thing, we can introduce these systems. Um, but the truth is, I think that introducing them at the wrong time could be still really overwhelming on developing minds. Just like when you try to teach a kid like three languages, it could be really confusing and they get stunted at learning a certain language. Uh, and I, I mean, I'm not a professional in, in linguistics or anything like that, but my Spanish sucks. And I know that English took over. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, I do know that there, Personal there are, experience. <laughs> yes, personal experience. But there are some studies on like overwhelming. So I think that it is important within the educational system to understand the fundamentals of certain topics like math, science. Mm -hmm. So that way we're also not um, debilitated when it comes to actually needing to use these skills and put them into practice. Mm -hmm. I, I agree with you. And I believe there's, I mean, this, this thing is so vast. I don't think any, any one person has the right answer. Even Elon Musk, when he was talking about it, he, he said he doesn't have the answer. He just knows 
he can guess and predict where this is going and he could see the danger uh, of where it's going. The pros are there, but also the cons. And that's something yes. else I want to talk about as well, because at the same time, the godfather of AI has just left Google, right? And the thing that he said and, and he mentioned was that he didn't think, I believe, I'm not quoting exactly what he said, but he didn't think that AI would become smarter than humans at this rate, like this fast, this quickly. And we all know, I mean, the three of us at least, and I hope some of the people watching at least have been trying these AI tools. We know that's happening. We know that is going to happen. And I don't know when exactly like AGI is going to be achieved. Do you think it's going to be, I would say, in the, the positive side or the negative side? And I, trust me again, I will say this. We are optimistic about AI. Like we want to use AI. We're using it every day. We love it. Faros is just scared like Arnold Schwarzenegger knocks on the door <laughs> and he's like, I, I came to take you back. I'm just saying this in case ChatGPT might become AGI and, and listen to this podcast in the future. But no, in all seriousness, I'm only asking because I want to know where do you think the future of AGI is going to be? Do you think it's going to be something that helps humanity or do you think when it becomes smarter, it's going to have negative impacts on humanity? It's so hard to say, I, I don't think that we can ever answer things in absolutes. I think there will always be pros and cons, just like we thought about the internet. Um, and then there's the dark web <laughs> that <Yeah. you> know, <laughs> it exists. And do many people know about it? No, to them, it's just a regular day visiting the internet. So I think with AGI, um, you know, it could be really great, but there will be people that abuse this technology. Um, and we're seeing that currently with the voice AI tools, where I think the other day someone took some some uh, child's voice and I think like totally create a scenario for ransom. So that was yeah. horrible, worst case scenario, all of these deep fakes and, you know, it's already happening. <laughs> Yeah. You know what I was thinking no. about? Yeah. I was thinking about like no one's going to trust CCTV footages anymore. <laughs> There's no point. Like CCTV companies will go bankrupt because why would you need CCTV if text to video? Yeah, text to video. Faros, no, no, no. no. Faros just punched me in the face <laughs> and I'll go to court and sue him for a million dollars. Yes. You cannot. Yeah. We went from having no proof before cameras to then having the ultimate proof and now back to no proof again. <laughs> we are going back yeah. to like the day of no proof. How can you go to court anymore? You can clone voices. You can you can re literally make videos in like minutes. Like I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say maybe metadata. Oh, yeah, okay. I like that. I like I that. Like yeah, that. Traceability. Okay. Traceability of data is always <laughs> important, actually. Well, we will have this conversation again, probably episode uh, maybe 80 or 100, bring you back and then talk about the metadata that have been used in courts. I would love to have this conversation. Um, but, but I think one thing that we are talking about now is like people think being aware about AI, the pros and cons, but at the same time, there is a huge population. The level of awareness is very low. There are still a lot of people who don't know about ChatGPT, who yeah. don't know how to use, I would say, MidJourney or OpenAI Dolly. Yeah. How do you say is the best way to educate these people to have AI as an assistant for them? Yeah, you have to make it applicable to what they do in their day-to-day -day immediately. So like I was showing, yeah. Go no, ahead. please Sorry. go ahead. I was showing my mom ChatGPT and I was just like, you know, you write a bunch of e emails all the time. 
let's give me like an example of what kind of email you write and I will put it, I'll ask ChatGPT to write it for you. And I just showed it to her and she was like, oh my God, she was just blown away. She, you know, she was just like, how, how's this legal? You know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, she's right. I don't understand how it's legal. It's so powerful. (laughs) The reason why we wanted to ask you this question is because, so we're in Vancouver, North America, you know, first world country and we had this imagination because we're always like on social media, always like seeing people like yourself talking about this technology. And our expectation was, okay, if you walk out in the streets, we're going to at least meet a couple of people who you know, know about ChatGPT and MidJourney and all that. And to our surprise, that's not true. I don't know about New York. New York is probably a lot more, you know, a lot more people know about the tech and probably use it. But just being in Vancouver, I've talked to a bunch of people and they, they actually have absolutely no clue what ChatGPT is. And I was like, and I'm talking about different ages, by the way. I'm talking about like a 45-year-old and I'm talking about like a 17-year-old, both extremes. And what's crazy to me is someone like, I said this, Farah didn't agree with me. I don't know if you do or not, but someone like COVID that happened, the whole media covered it so well that everybody knew about it like within months. And then this thing that is so huge, probably bigger than COVID, like so many people still don't know about it, right? Yeah. There's only people like yourself who are covering it, couple of media outlets are covering it but the way it should be covered i doubt it is actually happening and that's why we need regulations because (laughs) it it is out there and but the thing the difference between the media coverage with chat and covid was like covid it became like a public shutdown and so every company was like all right we have to follow up it's not like i don't think i can't speak for every company but I don't think many companies are making public announcements of this new technology and how not to use it um, or how to use it and what it means. Uh, a lot of companies are still using a lot of old technologies as well. So, I, you know, it, it's hard to say why people aren't up to date, really. Is that the purpose of your because I can see you create a lot of content around mm-hmm. AI and I think you have a fair share of educating people about this. A lot of people get to know like all these AI tools with your type of content, is that the purpose of why Kim creating all those content? Is it sole education or teaching people? Uh, is it the drive that you have? Yeah. Oh, it's, I would say like emerging technology is a passion of mine for a very long time, like specifically creative technologies. It's amazing. Um, and how they can actually be useful, um, but also creative. So there, with ChatGPT, there's so many use cases, and with all of these AI tools, there are so many ways that you can use them. Even even if you thought that creating like a text to video wasn't useful, I've seen it be used. Like these fake like Budweiser commercials. It's so random. You never yeah. thought that. You never thought. I never thought that. Um, although it isn't. I don't think it's by Budweiser. Um, I don't think so. Well, I've seen yeah. them on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, even though it's not by them, all you have to do, and I know this from being a creative for such a long time, all you have to do is just create it and create enough word around it and leak it and it will just go crazy. And it has. And that's all you really need to do as a creative, as a person who's interested in really anything. Uh, But for my purpose, yes, I'm totally excited about sharing and I share crazy and I want people to be as excited as as I am about it um, and how it could be used and yeah, and creating really weird and awesome stuff with it. (laughs) I actually, I, I admire your take 
on AI and, and, and the creative uses of AI. And I, we have the same mentality when it comes to it uh, because we just think, you know, if you do embrace the technologies that are out there and if you are hardworking, you can use it to your advantage and create more, create um, better quality, work, yeah. Yeah, higher quality of, of, of work and your body of work with, will, will improve so much. Mm -hmm. Then there's the other side, of course. So there are creatives just like yourself who are completely against AI and mm -hmm. for, for, you know, multitude of reasons. They could be because they are, I, I, my guess is the majority of people who are against AI are probably afraid of it. And the reason I say that is because I believe, like if, if you look at the entire world population, you have people who are hardworking and you have people who are not, right? Uh, but it's not a one, one and zero. There's definitely, you know, the entire you know, spectrum, spectrum of people that, that are in that sort of zone. But if you look, if I put myself in anybody's shoe and if I'm not upgrading myself every day, if I'm not working hard to improve, and if this AI technology comes around that can do what I do in 10 seconds and do it better than me, I'll be afraid and I'll start hating on it. So I would say the majority probably on Twitter, the hate that we see towards AI comes from that population. But there's also the population of people who are against the copyrights, right? They're like, I don't want to use Midjourney, I don't want to use this AI tool because it's used other people's work. This is how I think about it. Is it right or wrong? I don't know. I'm not the one who trained the models. I don't even know what's <laughs> going on behind the scenes. What I do know is you can go and look at Picasso's art and get inspired and create an art that looks like that. So can Midjourney. I don't see the problem why Midjourney doing that same thing. Of course, if you go and sell it, that's a different story, but I'm just talking about you generating an image versus drawing it yourself. I don't see how that suddenly becomes a problem where I, you don't want to use these AI technologies because they've been trained on somebody else's work, whereas humans literally get trained on other people's work. Since you're a baby and you grow up, you are getting inspired by everything around you. So then are you and everything you do copyright like copyrighted essentially what you do is never original what do you think about that i believe everything's a remix and picasso is a perfect example he stole his technique from his best friend his i wouldn't say i don't know best friend but his friend uh brock who was i didn't even know that <laughs> yeah really? yes his his really close friend and i might be chopping up his name uh started painting um in the style that we now know as Picasso style, but Picasso just got more famous for it. And there's a really widely known book called Steal Like an Artist that is mm -hmm. very much uh, passed around in the artist circles and everything like that, because we're always taking like, and okay, so for some context, I have a fine arts background. My first passion was photography and mixed media and, and stuff. And there was always a saying that when I was in art school, like it's it's yours if you if you just personalize it, and and that's what I believe that we do with creativity and and what we do with the creations that we come across and inspire us. Uh, we remix it and we remix it again, and that's how we're personalizing it. Um, I do get the sentiment of not feeling right that this copyright material is you know created on other people's styles, and you could really see the style shine through. Um, but then to my, when I get that, I immediately respond with, well, you can always train your own AI models on your style, if that's what the real concern is. And you could tweak it from there. And then you have a working model that works with you and for you. 
That's a perfect answer, actually. That, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think we should we should play it, play it back multiple times for people who who <laughs> yeah. bring up that topic. No, because I think and one one thing is again, I would I would always say that you like it or not, it's happening. It's much better to embrace it. I personally like Faraz is a great three D modeler. He, Thank you, man. Nah, Thank you, I appreciate oh, it. But <laughs> what I can see that because we just tried Luma AI's Imagine 3D, text to 3D, and this is the first release. And it's, I would say, pretty good. It's not that great that you can use it in the scene right now. And they're, they're fully aware of it. I mean, there's, I haven't seen anything like it. It's crazy. You go from, we talked about it, you go from text to image, text to video, and now you have fucking text to 3D yeah. with polygons and textures with UV wraps that look almost perfect. It's yeah, and, and I can see that in two years' time, that can definitely replace Faros. I'm really sorry. But Thanks, man. I appreciate it. You just complimented <laughs> yeah. me and then you took no, what shit I'm saying is if at the same time. No, I have to do that. If Faros doesn't improve in the time that he has now and go and learn other stuff or even adapt and use this tool on his, at his benefit, I think he would be at a losing be side. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll be outdated. I'll be, I'll be useless, essentially. I would say you would still have the upper hand. So I get this question a lot too from artists that are like, thanks, this is now taking my job. And I was studying this, especially 3D artists, illustrators, what have you. But it's just like, you have the power, you have the expertise because whatever AI puts out, you know that tool, those skills to tweak it and actually do take it from there and fit the client's needs. Because my biggest, and what I always say is like, when have you ever gotten a design, a creation right the first time? Never, never, That's not, a fact. not for you, never. especially not for a client. Yeah. Not even the best artist. Let's talk about like the best artists in the world. They always have to reiterate their songs and co like uh, comics. They always have to, you know, reword their jokes until they get it right. So it's never, I mean, maybe there's like a few certain people in the world, but the majority, like 99% can get it right. And I, I, I actually... I'm really glad you brought that up. I love the way you put it because we always get this, like we, when we post about AI, we get like, you know, loads of hate comments, of course, you know, it's normal, but we love them. We talked about this with uh, Ben, I think, right? With Kings, with Joseph. With Joseph, yeah. And, and we said the hate comments, of course, just help with engagement, so thank you. <laughs> but what I want to say <laughs> is their reasoning for the hate is not valid because now what you said is very true. One... You said something beautiful, which was train your own AI if you're really scared about using other people's work, which is so like very much possible nowadays with all the different you know open source AIs that you can use. Second is the fact that you brought up just now. I, I think it's, it's beautiful the way you think about it. And I think everybody should consider that when they want to get into this space that you can use it. If you're an illustrator now, you have the advantage coming to everybody else. Because you know more than everybody else. You probably can have a better output and then add your own touch on top of it. You know, never, I, I would say like, I, I never want to use AI 100%. I always want to have at least a little bit of my own sort of creative input into it. And I think that's where it becomes really unique and beautiful. And yeah, I, one thing we saw today, Wizard.io, was it oh, Wizard.io? She, she shared it. That yeah, you yeah, yeah. shared, which was so crazy. Because, okay, first of all, can you tell, because people watching, they might not know what Wizard.io is. Can you just tell everyone briefly what you experienced? Well, where? The, the YouTube video. The, what was it? The UX design that, that oh. designed the mobile app? Auto, yeah. auto designer. Oh, man. Auto, auto designer. designer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it to be that good. And <laughs> so, like, I, I will say that um, 
Auto Designer is by a company called Wizard, and it's a text to design tool. And you say, hey, Wizard, um, design me an app that is made for, and this is one that I mentioned in my YouTube video, like a dating app for frogs. And oh. <laughs> it'll create <Gosh. laughs> out of all the options. Anything. Uh, yeah, any, anything you want. And it, it just immediately before your eyes starts creating the screens for you, like just there. And I actually love that part. You know, designers and, and people that create the products, they don't have to show that. But I think just like mid journey, you could see the image like coming into clarity. I love seeing that. Um, yeah. So it's just a nice like touch. But I was surprised that it created all these screens. It created the main screens um, for you immediately. You just take it and you can edit it from there. That would have taken me quite some time, a good amount it's, of time. It- it's it's freaking crazy because there's so many and and what's what's even more amazing about that is for you you probably maybe had the the chance of trying to create those you know applications prior to AI whereas for me and Farad we've never done I I I have never uh, I don't speak for you no I have no but now we're like hey we can go ahead and do that right now like we don't need to because we you know there's things that you never even think of hiring someone to do but suddenly now that you have the tool available you're like maybe I want to make an app like maybe. let's go and redesign our website maybe like. <laughs> Yeah, it's so easy now. It's crazy. Exactly. Yeah, no, even, and I mentioned this a bit in my video too, like when I was a a team of one, like I was the only designer and I had like a few engineers, I needed to get those designs done in in a week or like two weeks for like a super small startup. I, and that's when I wasn't sleeping so much. So like, (laughs) (laughs) granted, We now know the reason after... After a while, we uh, understood why. Yeah, now. yeah, I mean, I will, you know, with the sleep thing, like in college, you don't sleep much. When you're really trying to get somewhere, you sacrifice some things. It, 100%. You know, anything you want to attain, there's got to be some sacrifice, unfortunately. And that's a hard truth. But yeah, going back to the design, I think it's really useful for, yeah, you have an idea for an app, a concept, you want to get funding around it. You can now use Auto Designer to create the initial app idea that you want to pitch for your for you know for funding it's crazy that's that's really crazy and i think one thing i want to touch on because you mentioned about like what you were doing before you have a very interesting career like the content creation ai xr senior product designer and the route that you went through to get to all of this probably the route would be very different for someone who wants to start today so if someone (laughs) comes to you and say hey kim like, I really love what you do. And I really want to, you know... I want to be Kim. I want to be Kim. How would you advise that person to start? Like, where do they start the learning from? Where do they start their work from? Because I'm sure the path that you took probably wouldn't work for them anymore. Do you agree? Um, yes. Because I started freelancing at 16. and But social media, I didn't have the energy, nor confidence, nor... Uh, idea to even start it until like way later you know so my first like core focus I guess if you if I would think about my life is <laughs> <it's> like <laughs> fo- focus on the skills you know and I always do agree with that um, but if you wanted to start early and start today focus on the skills and just like document it that's the best way you could go about it and just share whatever it is that you're excited about. That's how I've approached it now. And I think that's the easiest way um, that anyone could really approach it. 
screw I, a strategy. You know, screw a strategy. No, I, yeah. I, I love that. No, I, 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 that's the best way we do it as well. Like, it's, it's as simple as documenting it, right? That's, that's exactly what you said. Just whatever you learn, transfer the same knowledge to everybody else in the world. Speaking of learning, where is the best source for you? Where do you... So you are the source for everybody else, but where are the sources for you? That's the question. Where do you get the best sources? The internet. I do some... <laughs> I do some searches. I'll be a little bit more specific than the yeah. internet. I, I am subscribed to The Morning Brew. Um, I, but I initially, do, like for augmented reality, being 100% transparent, I do Google augmented reality and then i look at the top like five articles that were released for that day um and some of the companies associated with it uh maybe i will look into youtube just by that mm. keyword and then look to see like what the updated news might be um mm. yeah as like top of the morning things that i do to get ahead that's what i do <laughs> And then, and then, what what is your workflow like? So you get all these news, and then you create the content immediately the same day. Um, is it like just your camera right in front of you? I was like, hey, I created this, and it's gonna go out. Yeah, I have a bucket of like uh, tripods near me and stuff like that. So I try to fit making the content either before work, mostly before work, um, rarely after work, um, and sometimes on the weekends I will catch up with it and create something and post that a little bit later in the week. But yes, to your point, I have tools all around me all the time. That's that's amazing to see, and we again we love the the things that you put out. I'm wondering, Kim, 2025, where do you see her? <gasps> I don't even know. I didn't even expect to wake up today to 70k. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's so <laughs> yeah, it's very random. I mean, I have I. Couldn't even tell you. I imagined myself getting here uh, a year ago. A year ago, I think, yeah, no idea. Um, continue creating, one. Um, so that is still on the table because I love being a creator. I love sharing and I love uh, people getting excited about the same things I am. And um, I think I'll just say that, continue creating. <laughs> I love that. And and uh, I mean, we, we again found you through the content that you create and we understand that so many people will continue to do it that way. So we hope you do keep creating. Oh, and yeah. I think it's going to be beautiful seeing everything that you put out. Yeah, thank you. I just launched my newsletter. So I... Okay, you got to tell <laughs> us about it. It's okay. These updates are coming fast and they're coming every day. And so everyone needs a summary of them um, and along with other things, resources and what way to like better put them in one place than a newsletter. So essentially that is what I just put together because How do we sign up? How do we sign up? Oh, yes. It's actually, you can go to my website. So kimalban.com and there should be a link for newsletter and it links you out and you can sign up through there. So these updates, okay. I usually post them for my subscribers like ASAP, um, but... They can get it can get time consuming. So a weekly newsletter is great to have like a summary for everyone, you know. Yeah, at the end of the week. A hundred percent. No, I think I was telling Farad about that. I, I I I recently have fallen in love with these newsletters, especially because, like you mentioned, there's just so much happening in the space. It just makes perfect sense if you don't have time, just have a quick read at what Kim has, you know, done over the past week and and just gathered everything for you in a very nice bite-sized sort of format. Um, 
aside from that, where else? Because we talked about so many things today. And I'm sure there's so much more that you do in your content uh, that people can go and see. And as they're interested right now, where should they go to find more about you aside from the newsletter, of course? Yeah, my Instagram, same name, at kimalvin.com. I do post regularly also on TikTok, same name, Mm -hmm. YouTube as well, same name, and Twitter. I'm here and there, but um, I think Twitter (laughs) is is interesting. So it deserves to be uh, paid attention to. Oh, oh, we we have the same it. conversation yeah. with Faraz. We are, I, I would say that we are growing really good on Instagram, but yes. I don't know why the Twitter part, it's great, great platform. I love it. I just You're haven't that found of Elon the Musk. Of course, I'm a fan. <laughs> but the thing is, I haven't found my way through it. Yeah. Like, I, because I'm really used to video format. I know, the way to, I know the answer to the question. I really do know it because I can see it clearly work, working. And it's literally what you do now with the newsletter. I, I follow this guy called Rowan. Yes. And he does exactly <laughs> what. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. You follow, she uh, followed. She didn't talk about that source. <laughs> hey, guys, we caught her. We caught her. There are so many, but yeah, they he especially like takes what you would put in a newsletter and he makes so many tweets on them. And he like breaks it yeah. down. So you could do that. That's one approach of thread. I'm not a fan of doing that. I will just take my videos. And I think I actually heard the algorithm of Twitter was exposed that uh, links are not, they're not yeah. performers. Are not good. No, yeah. you need yeah. to like bring your images sense. and videos onto the platform. That makes sense. I mean, I wasn't really talking more about the format. I was just talking about the concept of if you have a thread with all the latest information, especially when it comes to the things we talked about today, I've seen that work all the time. Yes. So I think it's a no-brainer. But, I mean, you have to find your uniqueness in there, right? Because right. then there's Robin doing it, there's other people doing it. Like, how are you going to stand out? It's, it's definitely going to give you views, but if you want to stand out, there has to be some sort of taste in it. Right. So we have to figure Twitter out. Yeah. Me too. Definitely. Me too. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna we'll lie. figure it out. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. I hope by the next time we meet, we all have figured Twitter yeah, out. Yeah, I, I hope so. And, <laughs> and one more thing. I think because of Elon and knowing how, like, how much of a visionary he is and the way he's going to build Twitter and hopefully when it works, if it's going to become you know, bigger and bigger, we want to be a part of it. You know? We want to be a part of it to put our voice there and also to learn from it because I am... Like I said, from Rowan, learning a lot uh, daily about you know everything happening in emerging tech. But we'll figure Twitter out. Again, I just wanted to just go back to saying uh, to everybody watching right now, Kim is an amazing person when it comes to learning. You have to go check her out. There's so much potential coming out of every single platform. She's telling you guys about all the updates in AI. She's giving her opinion about everything that's coming out in the XR space. We didn't even have to... like talk about that today because of time but <laughs> ar xr all these crazy things that you might be interested in she covers and so please go check her out and we just want to say a big thank you kim because it's been an amazing one hour talking to you i didn't even feel the one hour could go for another Same. three but just want to oh, say yeah. thank you it's been it's been it's been amazing yeah thank you so much for having me super super uh, excited to be here and this was this was great this was fun all thank right. you so much kim All right, we'll see you guys on the next episode next week. Until then, have a good one. Bye.